Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Seattle to Unknown. I'm Sarah. I'm still Melinda. And this is your favorite podcast about travel. Don't question it. Just say yes. Yeah, we've just decided that we're the favorite now. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't love us? We're delightful. It's like I tell my mom all the time or I tell people that I'm the favorite child because I'm more fun. Yeah, I joke with my dad that I'm the favorite and he goes, <laughs> yeah, so let me be the favorite in this one instance. <laughs> Joke's on you. He doesn't like either of you. You know, that's probably fair. He likes the grandkids, though. Oh, that's because he didn't have to deal with them for like 18 years. <laughs> oh, gosh, that would make it easier. Just skip right to the grandkids. Sounds complicated. Yeah, I don't know how that would work, but it sounds pretty ideal. Yeah. But, um, weekly update, do you have anything? Um, I saw a guy peeing behind a dumpster on my way home today. Well, what a magical moment. Did she make eye contact? Yeah, because he was super drunk, and he wasn't expecting me to come up behind him, even though he was fully in, like, the middle of a traffic island. So it's not as if he was at all disguised. Gotcha. Just loud and proud peeing. Mm-hmm. Came alongside him. He didn't expect me to be there, and he fully pivoted to face me and kept peeing. No. No. Yes. Oh, God. That's gross. Yeah. So that was my day. How about you? Um, I found out how much hatred you have towards me and my love of sandwiches. I don't understand sandwiches. They're so boring. My cat's also talking to me right now. Come here, Jay. Jay, bear one up. This week's special guest, Sailor Jerry. Who's a cat? The tubby tabby. Come here, baby. Oh, I heard that one. He doesn't know what to do with himself. He wants to be on my lap, but there's no space for him. <laughs> well, I know that pain well. I do have a dog that's large enough to not be a lap dog, but dumb enough to think he is one. Yeah. Aren't you cutie? Dumb animals are the best. They're just so sweet. And they don't know better. <laughs> Yep, that's Moose. Here oh, we go. Oh, I see a cattail. Here we go. For those of you at home, there's now a cat sniffing the microphone. Whoa, that's not for you, buddy. No. But um, what he was actually going to was my in-flight cocktail of the week. And what is it? I have uh, a vodka cranberry blackberry concoction with a splash of soda. Because so. I could not find canned mixed drinks i think we're just a little bit classier here i wouldn't go that far i yeah i feel like that's a bit of a stretch but i couldn't find any <laughs> i'll keep looking as much as that kind of hurts me <laughs> i might be drinking one of those um i'll keep looking i guess if i have all to. the cool kids are doing it no that canned wine was just brutal yeah well it was bummer. not a good choice well i made a very good choice for this drink oh did you what's mm-hmm. what's in a can it's not in a can it's now in my water bottle, which makes it sound even sketchier. But it came but it from a can? Fact, no, it is in fact a matcha latte because I stopped by Starbucks on my way home. Do you want to go to Starbucks? Okay, bye. Pretty much. Is it everything you hoped and dreamed it would be? It was because they finally started doing like matcha vanilla lattes. It used to be it was just straight up green tea, loose leaf in milk which is not quite what a matcha latte is, but that's what they called it. And now they're finally advertising that they have matcha vanilla lattes. Like, oh, thank God you finally understood how to make one of those. So do they actually have like matcha powder or is it still like? Yeah. Okay. I got really worried. Yeah. 
I, before our last company trip, I thought, okay, we're leaving from the main station. There's a Starbucks there. I'll get a matcha latte that sounds really, really good. And I got it and I left and I'm waiting in line to get on our bus and I take a sip of it and I go, what the hell is this? It's really just grass and milk. Pretty much. It was disgusting, but I had just spent so much money on it because it's Starbucks that I felt the need to force it down. Ugh. And that was unpleasant. No. Like, German Starbucks, what are you doing? What was that? They're just too far removed from the Asian fusion culture of Seattle. But it shouldn't be because Dusseldorf has the largest Japanese population outside of Japan. Oh, that's right. We've talked about that. Yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, it was it was unpleasant. But the other day I saw that they sell the matcha Kit Kats at the local grocery store. So I got one. Actually, I got two or three. Or six. Let's it's cool. It was three. <laughs> and um, after that, I was like, oh, now I really want one. And so I got one and it's delicious. Solid life choice. Matcha's always a good I know. choice. God, you alcoholic over there with your alcohol and I'm here with my healthy drink. My, how the tables have turned. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What happened? Although, let's be honest, matcha latte is probably not the healthiest way to go. But, you know, healthier than vodka. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's uh, pretty good for me. Vodka has a lot of, like, good uses. There's been articles about that. Yeah, it's great for cleaning paintbrushes. And as a mouthwash and... There's like a whole list. My mom doesn't drink at all, but when we were little, she always had a little airline bottle of vodka in the house to clean her paintbrushes. And she was always so embarrassed to go get it, to get one because alcohol, evil. And it always made me laugh. What a terrible child. (laughs) (laughs) Like she'd let me sell like youth group fundraiser materials oh, at the liquor of stores. stores yeah i remember doing that but she wouldn't go in one how funny except when she needed paint remover basically too funny too funny so those are our drinks do we want to dive into a new story sure after this hit. glug 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 no glugging just sipping Mm, I saw you knock that back. Uh, For people who can't see, she just totally knocked it back and chugs the whole thing down in, what, two seconds? Wow. That's possible, right? (laughs) (laughs) I like that you have to question that because your lies aren't even matching up. Shh. Oh, wait, there's sugar in this, so that makes everything better, right? That's what we learned last week? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing is even the most messed up baked goods can be instantly made better if you just add sugar to it. It's like, what? This cake is a little dry, but add it's frosting. Sweet. It's fine. See? I'm not wrong. Granted, that might be why we have an obesity problem in the country, because we're just like, meh, can't cook this. Let's make it better with sugar. Or bacon. I'm pretty sure that's like the go-to is sugar or bacon. And I'm not mad about either of those things, because they're delicious. In moderation. Yeah, moderation, moderation. Anyway. My cat's so annoyed. I'm not paying attention to him right now, too. Yeah, Moose is giving me the evil eye. Like, woman, keep the treats coming if you want me to be quiet. Oh, my God. He's holding us hostage. Oh. No ransom. Just kidding. My cat went upstairs again, so it's cool. All right. How about that new story of the week? (laughs) So there was a story going around, and somehow all of these stories have to do with Thomas Cook Airlines, and I don't know why, because there was the woman a few weeks ago who was 
she got in trouble because she wouldn't put clothes on over her bralette and they wouldn't take off. They wouldn't let the t- plane take off until she clothed herself. Or got and off, she, wasn't it? I think ultimately she ended up going, but that's a whole other story. This time, it's another woman from the UK flying Thomas Cook Airlines, coincidentally also going to the Canary Islands. Um, Thomas Cook is a ultra-budget UK-specific airline, I believe. It's least it's ultra-budget. I'm not sure if it's UK-specific. But it's not. But it's like a step above wow, I feel like. I don't think that it is. You I think it's bring like, luggage because I've gone on Thomas Cook Airline flights before, and I don't think they fed us necessarily. Or they, some of them do, and some of them don't. I guess it get, depends on who like their partner is on that flight. But they weren't bad, and you're allowed to bring luggage. So yeah, well, their limit is six uh, kilograms for this on this leg of or this route. So she could have brought six kilos she didn't she ended up bringing about 10 kilos and they call her out on it and so what did she do she went full joey and pulled out four kilos of clothes from her bag wait wait so what's let's do the conversions so six kilos is what she was allowed which is about 13 pounds 10 kilos is what she brought which is 22 pounds she was nearly 10 pounds over the limit and if you th- do we know how long her holiday was going to be? Um, I'm not certain. I don't think they said anywhere I looked. 22 pounds is quite a bit of stuff. Yep. So she goes full Joey. She pulls four kilos out of her bag and puts it all on. And Yikes. in the interview, she said, I put on four dresses, two pairs of shorts. I tied a dress around my neck, put a skirt on. I shoved two dresses down the dresses I had on and two pairs of shoes as well and a cardigan. So the part that rings a little bullshitty to me is the part where she says she puts on two pairs of shoes. Wait, (laughs) how many feet does she have? A lot more than I do, apparently. How do you wear two pairs of shoes? I have no idea. I could not think of a single combination of shoes I owned where I could put another pair on over Maybe you have flats and tennis shoes and you unlace your tennis shoes to like max capacity and slip those into your tennis shoes. But your shoes would have to be a size bigger. Like I don't have any shoes that are the same size that I can fit on over each other. Just because she did it doesn't mean it was comfortable or functioned well. Yeah, I don't know. Something about that sets off my bullshit detector. Or maybe she had flip-flops and she just like crammed her foot through like the side and pulled it up to her ankle and then had like flats or tennis shoes on. Well, there is a picture of her in her full plain regalia um, and I'm only seeing one pair of shoes, but I can confirm it looks like she's wearing all the other things she mentioned. The thing is, is that I think we've all probably had moments where we thought, okay, I'm going to have to rearrange stuff a little bit to make this work because of limits i know i certainly have and in those oh, cases yes i just dumped stuff out i but think you put on like maybe like an extra top and that's about it i think i pulled a pair of jeans on over Ooh, my leggings yeah. but she basically said that it was so heavy and it was so hot that she nearly passed out but it was totally worth it i question that a little bit why why go through all those extreme lengths to pack so much stuff Yeah, and the other quote, normally if this were an issue of an airline 
Like when Ryan Ryan Air changes their rules really frequently, and when they do that and screw people over, I'm all for like do whatever you have to do to make it work and kind of give them the middle finger. But if you know what the rules are, maybe follow them. Especially since she was leaving from home. Like this wasn't she was coming back and had just bought a bunch of stuff. This was how she planned to do it from the get. Thirteen pounds of stuff is still a hefty amount to haul around too. Yeah, and the other quote that. Where I went from, yeah, you show them to, I have concerns, was when she said, because I had booked an all-inclusive holiday, so I was getting all of my food and drink, I didn't plan on bringing much money with me, she said. I think I only had about 69 euros in my account just to bring with me on the holiday. So she couldn't pay the fee, which was coincidentally also 69 euros. Oh, that's like an expensive fee too. Holy crap. Yeah, so it is an expensive fee, but uh, mm, something about going on vacation with only 69 euros in your account. That's a little worrisome. I bet she didn't have travel insurance for that either. No, I I don't know. That's where I went, ooh, pump the brakes. This wasn't a, oh, I'm going to show it to the man. This was a, I have literally no other choice and I probably shouldn't be going on this vacation. And if you're going to the Canary Islands, I'm assuming it's going to be rather warm and tropical even. Mm -hmm. How much, like, the stuff you would pack can't weigh that much. So it's just a lot of stuff. I mean, clearly with what she put on four dresses, she tied one around her neck. Not including. And she put two down her dresses. That's a bit much. So at least seven in total. That's a bit much. Yeah. And I was fully with her. Like, yeah, bend those rules, do whatever. And actually the airline came out to support her. Like in the article, they gave their own little blurb about how we're so proud of her for being you know, ingenuitive. And guess what? We're going to raise our luggage limit. So next time it might be easier. But their luggage limit is only going up to eight kilos. And she had 10. Eight kilos is probably actually pretty fair too. (laughs) Yeah. But does she have to sit on the whole flight like that with like everything on? No, they let her board and then disrobe some of the So what's the point of having that rule if you can just do shut shit like that? It's pretty pointless. I don't think airlines put these rules in place imagining that most people would do that. And it turns out it wasn't just her, but the woman she was traveling with did it too. She just had less. It was solidarity. It was just a support move. But also like, isn't a lot of like the (laughs) weight limit of what you can have in the cabin have to do with like flying, like safety, you know, how much weight is where in the plane? Mm -hmm. It has to do with balancing the plane and making sure you have sufficient fuel, but not too much fuel. Yeah, so letting stuff like that happen could pro- could jeopardize safety on the flight. I don't know. It just, I don't know. Yeah, so it's a funny image. I mean, I've seen the picture. I laughed <laughs> at it. But if everybody did that, that would wreak havoc. I don't know. I go back and forth because on the one hand, I want to be able to laugh at the silly woman wearing all of her silly clothing. Like the sequin dress on top was really the Pat, great no, kicker. I need to find this. <laughs> But um, yeah, I I feel like if you know the rules in advance and you don't plan to follow them, then you kind of have to pay the fee. Yeah. And I think baggage fees are stupid as much as everybody else does. But if you know the rules, you shouldn't be shocked when someone tries to enforce them. That's very true. And yeah. Oh, where's the picture of this? I'll send it to I, you. I need the visual. But um, speaking about not packing correctly that's kind of what we're going to focus on because we realized that we haven't really talked about that so we're going to jump back to the more technical stuff um so today we're going to talk about packing like a boss 
like a boss. Exactly. Um, it's a good song. I mean, it's a bad song, but it's a good song. It's a good, bad song. Thank you, Lonely Island. (laughs) But um, (laughs) one of my Facebook memories popped up uh, from like years ago today was me like touting about how gallon Ziploc bags were amazing. They're my lifesaver. It was the anniversary of our first trip together and I didn't have packing cubes. So I used gallon signed Ziploc bags and it works until you open them (laughs) and have to get stuff out of them and repack them. Yeah. So Ziploc bags aren't terrible. Like they aren't a absolutely horrendous alternative to packing cubes. But the investment of buying gallon bags every single time you want to fly versus just buying a set of packing cubes that you'll use forever it's more. It's wasteful. Like, yeah. It's wasteful. But and it's it's also fun and dandy until your bag gets searched through uh, security lines at the airport because then it's hard yeah, to get everything that's... back into place when everything's just been expanded. But it looks kind of cool and you feel kind of proud of yourself and you're like, I just mushed all of this into a Ziploc bag. So I feel about Ziploc bags sort of the way I feel about vacuum bags for travel, which is it's effective at the start and gets progressively less effective as you go. Plus the problem with anything where you can push all of the air out of it is that you're sort of encouraged to overpack because suddenly everything takes up so little space. And I've used those vacuum bags before on a couple occasions, both times when I was moving to Germany. And I thought, oh, look at all this stuff I can fit into my bag. It's so neat and tidy and I can cram so much more in here. And then I go to lift my bag and go, oh, that's why I don't want to cram so much stuff in here. That is not good because they just form like solid bricks of clothing. They're heavy, they're dense, and they aren't malleable, so you can't really pack around them. No, um, packing cubes, you guys. Seriously, that's the way to go. Um, and to make the most out of your packing cubes, I find that it's best to to roll my stuff up like sushi and then just cram it into my packing cubes, especially with pants. I feel like that's helped me a lot because I'm a jeans person, so I usually have at least a pair of jeans with me. And because of the material, it takes up a lot of space. It does. And I learned the pants rolling trick that you do from you on our last trip. Because normally I just fold my pants and then kind of roll them, but they don't stay together. Because I travel with a lot of like really thin, breezy, soft materials for pants rather than jeans. And they're so slick that you unroll them. Like they just unroll themselves automatically. I've got seconds. the perfect pants rolling trick. It's amazing. Care to describe? Or are we I just feel like this is more of a visual thing. Okay, <laughs> so you want to fold your pants in half, and then you want to take hot dog wise, lengthwise, way, if you will. Mm-hmm. I don't like you know the way that makes sense to fold pants in half, and then you want to take at about the knee. You want to move one leg out to the side, so it's kind of like a weird looking four. Does that make sense? Like flamingo legs. I don't know if that makes it better or better. Like one. But yeah, so you've. Like one yeah, leg so at an angle. And then you start at the waist and you just roll. So when you're done at the end of your your jeans, your pants, whatever, um, you're going to have like a flap. I don't know. You'll have a flap and then you just pull that over the rest of it so it's made into its own little tube. We can probably post a video on Instagram. Or pictures. I don't know if I want to do a video, but I can totally do pictures of this. But it is amazing. It works really, really well. I highly recommend it. Try it out. Yeah, and I tried it, and it was so nice to not have my pants come unraveled. It just stays... Oh. Did you get the picture of the lady (laughs) wearing all her clothes? Oh. Yeah, unfortunately, Ah. I don't think we can post a picture of this because we don't own it. 
but go to our website, c2unknown.com, and I will link to this story so you can see just how fabulous she and her friend look. I also have a picture of the friend. Yes, please. That's things I want to avoid because I feel like that would be so uncomfortable to be in. Even if it's temporary in a short amount of time, it's just nope. Yeah, no thank you. No thank you. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> packing cubes, and then I'll, we'll put up pictures on how I like to roll pants. Yeah, and packing cubes are one of those things that people debate a lot. Like, does it save you space? What does it help with? What's the point? And I don't think they actually save you space. Like, they inherently take up more space. Because if you didn't have them, that would be space you could use for something else. But what they do do, hee <laughs> do do, is <laughs> they keep your stuff organized. And that's what's important. Because if you go through security and someone rifles through your stuff, it's going to be a whole lot easier to put it back into its space if they have their own little compartments than it would be if you just have everything loose. And it keeps, it compartmentalizes the damage when something gets unfolded. Like before I traveled with them, if I had to open my bag to find something at the airport, it would be like a bomb went off because suddenly everything is unfolded. It seems like if you need one item, it's universally somehow at the bottom of your suitcase and everything on top of it comes unfolded. Whereas with packing cubes, if you think, ah, I need to grab that sweater because it's getting chilly, you open your bag, you open the cube it's in, and the only thing that could possibly come unfolded is what's in the cube with it. Yeah, I like to set up my cubes. I usually do three. So I have like tops, bottoms, and then like socks and underwear. That's what I do too. Tops, bottoms, and socks, underwear, sleepwear. Yeah, and they have a mesh panel on the front so I can see what's in them. So I can just easily get to the one that I want. Yeah, and there's lots and lots and lots of brands of packing cubes. Some say that they compress your stuff down. The ones I've seen when like the compression style it compresses it around the edges, but the middle is just as thick as it would be if it were uncompressed. So you're not saving all that much space, if any at all. So maybe skip the compression cubes and just get the regular ones. Yeah, they're cheaper. They do the trick. And the compression ones don't often have like the mesh on it because it needs to be a solid material in order to quote unquote compress. And I like the mesh so I can see what's in it. Yep. Agreed. And I think we both really like the ones that are slim and long, like not the square ones. When I first got packing cubes, I didn't know what to look for. So I got a set of a large, medium, and a small. Problem is, is those three sizes don't really fit together. You can't stack them because it's going to make you too bulky. But you can't put them side by side inside of a carry-on because they aren't the right proportion for that. Yeah. Or at least the ones I got weren't. So I ended up replacing them with three slim cubes from e-bags. And they're the perfect size to put, lay them flat and they take up the inside of one half of a carry-on suitcase, like clamshell, a clamshell suitcase. Yep. And I like that because they're more of a rectangle that they can cram in and cram around each other as needed for whatever bag you're using. Because they work for me in a backpack and they work for you in a more traditional style suitcase. Yep. And because of their size and shape, they're not, like they're maybe, let's say 16 inches wide by five, four inches tall. And like, an inch to two inches deep. So you can lay them flat or you can also stand them on end and they will still fit in the half of your suitcase. They're amazing. Yep. I love them. And the nice thing is they don't they don't allow you to overpack. Yeah, because if you set yourself to packing no more than what fits in here, you're not going to do it. Plus maybe a jacket over top of everything. 
Yeah, that's all you really need. Another thing, like, you need to avoid overpacking because one, can you carry it and maneuver it? And two, do you really need all that stuff? Like shoes. Yeah, I when I was planning my first big solo trip, all I wanted to do is like, okay, I'm going to need sandals for the beach. I'm going to need tennis shoes for on the plane and walking around. And I'm going to need hiking boots in case I go hiking. And then I'm going to need beach shoes. Like, no, no, you don't need a shoe for every single occasion. What you need is, from in most cases, two shoes. Two shoes will cover two shoes. everything. So... You need a tennis shoe that you can walk in, but should the need come up to go on a stroll in the woods or whatever, they're durable. Like you don't want to bring like. Should you need to stroll in the woods? What I don't. What does that even mean? <laughs> well, every once in a while you're on a trip and you're like, oh, there's a really nice garden, or oh, there's a scenic overlook that I want to go hike out to see. You don't want to bring like fashion tennis shoes. You want to bring something that's a little bit on the sportier side. Like, Thank you for clarifying, because I. Not like, Should you need to run away from an axe murderer and run into the forest? <laughs> we anticipate different opportunities. We do. And probably like the worst case far-fetched scenarios. <laughs> well, no, because like when I was in Athens, it did not occur to me that, oh, there's this really beautiful scenic overlook where you can hike up and watch the sunset over the city. And I was very thankful that I had my like athletic shoes and not like my suede adidas that are really only for non-rainy very sunny nice outings and no grass and no grass yeah so bring a shoe that can take a little wear and tear and shower flip-flops you guys get shower shoes don't go in there barefoot because you never know get you some cheap shower flops and then by the end of the trip you don't have to take them home with you i personally don't bring shower flip-flops i like the um the EVA Birkenstocks because they still look somewhat decent, but you can also wear them in the shower and they won't get gross because they're plastic. Yeah, but get shower shoes. Come on now. Like, use your brain. Don't get a foot fungus. Shower shoes. Unless you're staying at like a super fancy hotel, then you don't need it. Then you don't need to. But if you're doing hostels or anything like that, I would bring shower shoes of some flavor. Either cheap flip-flops that you can ditch by the end of it or, you know, something nicer that you can also wear during the day, like the plastic Birkenstocks. Yep. We have seen some sketchy, sketchy hostel bathrooms in our days. Like in Seoul? Yeah, like in Seoul. Or I was in one in London once where the shower was a metal stall in the middle of the dorm room. And it had... And it wasn't like a glass stall or anything. It was like a shower curtain, two shower curtains hanging from the ceiling in like a triangle, not a triangle shape, like in a square shape, but they opened on two corners and you just kind of had to shower in the middle of the room. And it was very, very uncomfortable. How does the floor not get wet everywhere? It had tile. Like the whole thing was tile in the room? Uh Uh-huh. Ooh. Yeah. And they had a lot of like blacklight Bob Marley posters on the wall. Like velvet style. Yeah. It was super classy up in there. What? Um, nope. Do your research <laughs> of where you're trying to stay and make sure you look at like bathroom pictures of some places. It'll be okay. When you look at like Pinterest travel packing ideas, there's so many where it's like, you'll need a heel. You'll need a boot. You'll need a tennis shoe. You'll need a sandal. You'll need flip flops. Maybe if it was a place that I was going to and I was going to be there for like a really extended amount of time. Yeah, I potentially that could be an explanation. But if this is like a fairly standard American style two week vacation or less, you'll get by just fine without it. I promise. Yeah, 
It's true. No, it's true. And again, unless you are having a hiking specific vacation, you probably are going to be okay with just, you know, athletic shoes and a sandal that can multifunction. Yeah. And that's for the summer. If you're traveling any other time of the year, you might just get by with a decent tennis shoe. Yep. Also limiting the amount of shoes that you plan to begin with, that frees up a lot of space for other things like souvenirs. Yeah. Shoes are just so bulky that you're always going to be better off taking less. And if for whatever reason you find what you have is insufficient, there's shoe stores out in the world. Which is fun because I have specifically packed light on my shoes so I could buy Birkenstocks in Germany because fun fact, it's a better price over there. Surprise. Yeah. (laughs) Or, Or probably no surprise whatsoever. Yeah. So then I would have fun sandals that I could wear while on vacation and bring back home as a pretty solid souvenir. Yeah. And that's the thing is anything you you fail to bring with you that you have to replace when you get there is suddenly a souvenir. When I went to New Zealand, I didn't bring a good day pack, but I walked into a backpack store and I walked out with a backpack that I still use. And it's a great souvenir because it has a little embroidery of New Zealand on it. And I'm very jealous of that bag. And if it ever goes missing, I probably took it. I'll say it now. (laughs) That bag is amazing. Someday we will go to New Zealand and you will get a lime green one. Oh, hell yeah, I will. Yeah. But um, speaking about shoes that can multitask, uh, multi-use items in general are kind of a smart move too. Um, one of the things that Sarah has introduced me to is Turkish bath towels. They're pretty freaking amazing. The nice thing about Turkish bath towels is that they can be used as a wrap, as a towel, as a beach cover-up, as a privacy screen. You kind of have a lot of different things that you can do with them, and they dry out really fast. Yeah, and they're bigger than most towels, so like, I find that pack towels are nice. The like microfiber pack towels that everybody gets, they're nice because they do dry really quickly, but that's all they do. They aren't very big. You're not going to be able to use them to like run from your room to the bathroom. They're just small and i don't know i prefer bath the turkish bath towels because they're bigger the colors they come in so many different colors and they're kind of cute so i don't know taking it on the beach seems less embarrassing to me than a pack towel i don't think pack towels are embarrassing i just don't think they're cute and turkish bath towels are cute the pack towels sort of like once they get saturated that's kind of it yeah like they kind of have a limit of how much they can absorb and it doesn't seem like that much and then you just gotta wait for it to dry out Uh, and in situations where i've been on the beach before like i'll just tie my turkish towel sort of like a sarong and so i don't have to bring a towel and a cover-up because it's already both of those things and it'll dry out between uses pretty easily they're pretty neat you can find all sorts of different ones and they get better with age it seems like yeah i still have at the time that i bought you yours i bought one for me too and i still use that for everything so yeah they're nice and like there are really expensive ones but you can also get them for super cheap on amazon and i don't notice any particular difference in quality between the fancy ones and just the amazon ones so yeah find find something that fits in your price range you can always try them out at home see how you like it Uh, and with turkish bath towels they say after a few washes they get more absorbent so as long as you don't wash them with um with fabric softener because that kind of gums them up a little bit wash it hang it up to dry and you'll notice that it'll get more absorbent with time as the materials kind of not fray but loosen fluff (laughs) i like that sounds better right Yeah. Um, Again, something else that we've talked about a whole lot that's good for multi-uses are shampoo pucks. 
use them for shampoo, use them for your body wash, solid products. I've also heard recently that you can use them for washing makeup brushes. I don't know how I feel about that, but I think if you're on the road, you could probably use it in a pinch and it would be fine. You're giving me a face. Is that a no? Um... I would be worried that it might be too harsh for the brush. But if and this usually is like, while traveling, I don't need to wash my brushes. If you're traveling with your kind of so-so travel brushes and you, it's an extended trip, it might not hurt to do it once and see how it works. I would probably do it as once. But yeah, I don't I don't know. I've never had a need to like clean off my brushes that bad while traveling. Yeah, but we but also haven't me. done like multi-month trips. Well, and then, you know, usually after a while, you stop doing a lot of makeup and where you need the brushes. It's just really easy peasy. <laughs> this is true. I got lazy, but I still want to look like a human in a picture. So the next item that is multi-use that's useful is a reusable shopping bag. And I know we've talked about this before, but just as a refresher, it can be your shopping bag. It can be your laundry bag. It can be a bag to cover your shoes when they're dirty or to haul back a wet swimsuit. There's lots and lots of things you can use a shopping bag for that anything you would need any type of bag for you can probably do with a reusable shopping bag. Um, Personally, my preference is to use less and less non-reusable, like single-use plastic bags. So where in the past I would wrap my shoes in plastic bags, I'm now using a shopping bag. Way to save the environment. I know. I am like Captain Planet over here. He's our hero. He's going to take pollution pollution down down to zero. zero. For all you 90s kids out there. AKA the best kids. Just kidding. We're all old and dying now. Wow. <laughs> I'm fine seen like, potentially being murdered on an outing, but like, jeez. <laughs> Have you, do you not feel old? Because in the last like year or so, I've suddenly realized, oh, I'm old. This sucks. I, you know, I hit my 30s and then it's like, is this what it's like to be old? There are noises when I, like, when I bend over. My knees go creak. Oh, I've done that for years, especially since I have a bad knee from a car accident. I was not in a car. It was a pedestrian accident. You were yeah, hit by a pedestrian. Yeah, but it makes it sound like Admit I, like, it. ran into something. <laughs> I was not in the vehicle. The person that hit me was. It could have been so much worse, but it wasn't. Anyways, back on topic. Mm-hmm. So another multi-use item, and this might sound a little silly at first, but Vaseline is very, very good for travel because you can use it for so many things. Like I could not even begin to list all of the things you can use it for. Go on Pinterest, you'll see like 300 ways to use Vaseline, which makes you realize some people have too much time on their hands. It's a lot of time on your hands. But you can use it as a chapstick. You can use it as a lotion. You can use it if your zipper gets stuck on your suitcase. Just put a tiny little bit on the teeth of the zipper and it'll loosen it up and your zipper will suddenly work again. Or you can use it on like if your nose gets really dry and icky on a flight just put a teeny tiny bit on like the end of your nose the underside the septum not inside but outside and it'll keep your skin from peeling up i like the hand gestures that only i can see too they're pretty magical <laughs> not the end of your nose point 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 the underside but like not inside either yeah <laughs> but yeah you would be surprised how many things you can use it for in a pinch so I, if I were to list all of the ways 
we would be here for another four hours. So just Google it and rest assured that yes, it is very useful. I personally get the itty bitty tubs that they sell at Target and like CVS. And I like the cocoa butter one, not the plain one. Because if I'm going to make my zippers unsticky, I want them to also smell pretty. Which I think those are mostly marketed as being chapsticks, right? Yeah. Yeah, those are good. And they are great chapsticks. So even if you only use it for that, it's worth it. It is. It totally is. So I guess the next thing on our list is choosing your clothing for travel, because that's a pretty critical part of packing. And while Melinda takes another massive gulp of vodka. It's not. Nope. It's nope. (laughs) They can't see, so they can't prove me wrong. Nope. Not a massive gulp of vodka. Like an itty bitty? It was a a gulp. It was a gulp. There was a glug. No, there was no glug. (laughs) Again, there are no other witnesses. We are not recording the video. Thank God. (laughs) So when you choose your clothing for travel, one of the first things you should do is make sure everything you pack coordinates somehow with everything else. That doesn't mean everything has to be very, very matchy-matchy. It just means that you there's nothing in your suitcase in terms of tops that can't be worn with one of your bottoms. So everything should somehow be interchangeable. Do all these tops go with my jeans? Why, yes. Yes, they do. Whereas I, who no longer travel with jeans, try to pick two neutral bottoms. Like, I've got a pair of black pants and a pair of, like, army green pants. Does everything I have on top go with both of those shades? If it doesn't, I put it back in the drawer. Also... Make sure that there's something you're actually going to wear. If you don't wear it at home, you're probably not going to yeah, wear it on You don't magically change your Just fashion sense because you're in another country. If you're uncomfortable at home, you're not going to be any more comfortable in it away from home. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're like, oh, I have this dress I've never worn, this will be a great opportunity. Chances are you're not going to actually think about wanting to wear it. Yeah. I mean, the exception would be if you live in like Nome, Alaska, and you're traveling to... Tahiti you're probably going to be wearing different clothing there than you would at home but you get the idea that if it's not something that you feel comfortable in you're not magically going to be more comfortable in it as elsewhere which speaking about being in different climates that's something you should also consider like what's the weather going to be like while you're there and is your outfit going to be culturally appropriate because a lot of cathedrals and places of worship they want you to have your shoulders and your legs covered just to be respectful I've had the misfortune of reading in a lot of travel groups well i don't care what their rules are there i'm gonna do me no matter what and if they don't like it they can suck it no be a good ambassador for your country like if if they say we want you to do x y and z and it doesn't harm anyone then do x y and z like cover your shoulders if they want if they need you to wear a head covering you wear a head covering be respectful. And you only have to do it for the time being if you're if you're in like a sacred place or anything, you know. If it's warm, just have like a a like a flowy scarf that you can also use as shoulder covering if you're wearing a tank top outside, so then you're covered and you're being respectful while yeah, you're inside. I, that kind of stuff drives me insane. Like you're there to experience their culture and part of experiencing their culture is following their rules. So long as their rule doesn't adversely affect you, then what is the big deal? If they say, hey, this is not a country where you can frolic in the beach in bikinis, then don't do that. Like, just don't. Yeah. Be nice. I mean, be nice. Be yourself, but also realize that in certain pl- instances, you're going to have to cover yeah. up a little bit Every more. country has their own rules, and following them is kind of part of being a good person. 
within reason. Like, there are some things you, if it makes you horribly, horribly uncomfortable, you don't have to do it. But that also means you don't get to go to the places where those things are required. Because they're probably going to shepherd you out if you're dressed Yeah, there was one person in a Facebook group who went on to pitch a fit because she had been kicked out of a house of worship and how dare they place requirements on her she's not even part of their church yeah but you chose to go there and when you go like when you go to your friend's house you play by their parents rules take your shoes off (laughs) at the door please um and on the same lines of that is I read a lot about people who go what should I wear when I visit this place so that I blend in A lot of times that's, how do I dress like a European? Why that topic comes up so much, I don't know, but it does come up a ton. You can't blend in. Like, just forgo any preconceived notion that you can blend in anywhere you go, because you can't. Like... That baseball hat is going to give you away as an American in five seconds Not necessarily, though. That's one of the things that comes up that drives me insane. Like, well, don't wear any sports gear in Europe. What? Europeans wear baseball hats, too. They are Yankees poser fans just like everybody else everywhere else but it's funny how much seahawks stuff you see (laughs) i think that's a little bit like confirmation bias you're looking for it so you notice it it's like when i go to places and i see people in sounders gear it's because i'm not looking for any other team's gear yeah but it's it's just well they're also both lime freaking green so it's bright and noticeable yeah it's just kind of funny they're everywhere yeah embrace it Maybe that's how you start a conversation with somebody at the same attraction. Yeah, there's a guy on my street who wears a Seahawks hat, and he's from Spain. Like, I don't know why he likes the Seahawks, but he does. So it's not... Does he, or did someone give it to him and he just likes to wear it? Oh, no, he likes the Seahawks. Okay, right on. So anything you've heard about how Europeans dress or how people in other places dress, a lot of those concepts are outdated. Like, attempting to fit into what someone else's concept of a European outfit is, is probably just going to lead to disaster because by the time you hear about it, it's no longer true. AKA, you can't wear white tennis shoes or sneakers in Europe. I love that one. Who started that? I love who started this it and it just will not die i don't know how many times it's so funny and the funny thing is is i was having a conversation with a coworker one day while we were walking around outside and she goes why do americans wear dark colored tennis shoes don't they know that white is in this year and i just had to throw my head back and laugh because maybe two days earlier someone had gotten on in a fight on one of the travel groups about how you can't wear white tennis shoes in europe you'll look like a tourist which i don't wear white tennis shoes in general because i feel like i'm too lazy to keep them pristine (laughs) like they're gonna get dirty and filthy and i'm not gonna care so that's why i personally choose not to and the fact that i have to have dark shoes for work it's just kind of ingrained in me yeah it just makes me laugh that people care so deeply about blending in and how do we blend in you're not gonna blend in just take a page out of asian tourists book like they know they're not gonna blend in so they do not try what do you mean i don't look like you you don't we don't look a lot alike (laughs) at all (laughs) <laughs> I know. Yeah, just forget it. Do you do you? If your favorite pair of shoes are your white Converse, wear them. Yeah, and you'd do blend it. in perfectly well this year because they're very popular. It's so funny. Yeah, it's like the Seattle no umbrellas thing. Like, but it's stupid and pointless because we don't have rain. We have rain and wind, so that umbrella is not going to do shit for you. Yeah, that one is oddly true. That when people come and they have umbrellas, you can kind of pretty much be certain that they don't. They're not from there. Mm-hmm. It's just funny. Yeah, but on the one hand, well, I 
have been known to tell tourists maybe don't bring umbrellas to Seattle, but that has more to do with the fact that it doesn't work because it's so windy, but it also does mark them as a tourist. So um, another clothing packing tip, excuse me, is to not pack big bulky things. Like denim jackets, while cute, probably aren't your best bet for travel because you can't pack them down and you're just going to have to lug it around. Especially if it's kind of like spring. It's that in-between weather where you might need like sleeves, but you might not Mm -hmm. need something so heavy. Yeah. Now it's going to take up all the space in whatever day bag you're carrying with you, or you're just going to have to lug it around or wear it and be overheated. So my personal choice is to opt for something like a packable jacket from Uniqlo or something similar where I can wear it and it'll give me warmth and protection and whatever. But should I not need it, it can get wadded up into a teeny tiny little stuff sack and not to get too much space in my bag. Unless you plan a fun trip like I did with one of my good friends. Uh, We went to Italy and then we went to Iceland. So we had to find things for really warm Italy, but things that we could also later on layer so we can keep warm in Iceland because it was already pretty cold and and breezy and rainy. So we had to find things that would do double duty. Uh, But of course you need that, you know, kind of heavy jacket. Mm -hmm. But we both found ones that we could pack up and cram to be pretty small so it wouldn't take up that much space. But it wasn't necessity. Yeah, plus the bonus of those jackets that are stuffable, and there's lots and lots of brands that make them, is that because they pack either into their pocket or into a little stuff sack, you when you're not using it, you can also use it as a pillow on a plane or a bus or wherever. So it does double duty to bring us back to multitaskers. What, what? But yeah, you gotta, you gotta look at your weather patterns before you go and plan accordingly, especially if you are knowingly going into places that have like complete opposite climates at the moment. Yeah, and generally speaking, when you can avoid doing that, avoid doing that. Sometimes you can't, but... We just really wanted to go to Iceland and it worked out. Um, the other thing, and I think this is a major rookie mistake that lots and lots of people make, is let's say you're going on a vacation for two weeks. You don't have to pack two weeks worth of outfits. It, that's so much more clothing than you actually need. I would always anticipate having one day where you do laundry. Or one evening. Yeah, just, well, not a whole day, but on one day of your trip, you're going to do some laundry. Or maybe you send it out to be done or you use the service at the hotel just at some point you're going to be washing clothing so that you don't have to bring enough clothing for 14 days or a month or whatever fun fact there are washing machines elsewhere in the world this is true there are ways to clean your clothes elsewhere in the world this would come as a shock to one of my former classmates when i was in high school in my german class i won my scholarship to go to germany for a year and on my last day of school a girl in my German class who had just spent the entire previous year studying German turned to me and she goes, man, you are so brave. What is it going to be like to be without electricity for a whole year? I'm sorry, what? She She didn't think Germany had electricity? She didn't think they had electricity because... Why? Because, hold on with me for a moment, she had confused them with the Amish. (laughs) (laughs) No! How? Oh, she was so, so... She. I'd like to say that she was really nice to compensate for the fact she was really not very bright, but she also wasn't very nice. How do you... How do you... Like, Pennsylvania, Dutch, US, mm-hmm. Germany, Europe. Like, how do you get those two confused? At some point in the class, they had explained that Pennsylvania, Dutch was actually originally Pennsylvania, Deutsch, which is, to the best of my knowledge, true. Ger- yes, because they do speak German. They don't speak Dutch. But it's not... The- the same. 
No. I think she heard the Pennsylvania Deutsch came from Deutschland, and she thought we were studying the Amish. Oh my gosh. Like... I still can't wrap my head around this. It's just, how? Yeah. Where is she now? What does she do? I don't know. I actually asked someone in, in my German class once, like, whatever happened to her? But I couldn't remember what her name was, so we couldn't find her on Facebook. She became one with the Amish. God. Speaking German. I would love that. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. How is uh, driving those uh, those wagons? It's great. And I've gotten really buff arms from all that butter churning. <laughs> Oh my goodness. It just reminds oh me goodness. of the Eurovision entry a few years ago where it was just women on stage suggestively churning butter while singing. Yikes. Just yikes. Uh-huh. Oh, good grief. Some people's children. Yeah. Oh, she was, she also, instead of raising her hand, would moo. Uh, I, no. That was kind of her version of fetch. She'd try to get other people to do it. That is so fetch. And it just didn't catch on. And gosh, I just don't know why. I swear this is a real person. And I have other stories, but they aren't relevant. So I will keep them to myself. No, you're going to have to share with me later because I am so (laughs) curious about this person. Um, yes. So anticipate doing laundry because they do, in fact, have washers and, well, not always dryers, but they definitely have washers in most places. Unless you're living with the Amish, then you might have to do it by hand. But it'll still get clean, Down at so the it's river. okay. Yeah, it's fine. Um, Moving on, because I still can't, like, um, one of the other big things that we've seen in different travel forums is people wanting to bring all of the Harry Potter books on vacation. Or just books in general. But yes, there was at a least one instance amount. of a girl. Oh, I feel like it's more than one there was at least one girl who was going to the uk and wanted to bring the book so she could like take pictures of those pages that related to movie scenes in the places where they were filmed which is very it's a very cute idea but that's a lot of books to carry around a lot somebody weigh all of them together and let us know what it equals out because i'm pretty sure that's your whole carry-on and personal item and more and more um but yeah try and find digital forums of your books your movies your music that you want to bring so you don't have have to carry around all of that chances are you're not going to be reading that much i always try and bring like one book with me just in case sometimes i make progress in it sometimes i literally don't touch it yeah and i i personally don't buy hard hardbound books or any bound books anymore because i've moved so much that it became such a burden to relocate 200 books every time i went anywhere so i do keep all of my books in digital format on my phone now um I find that that's just so much easier. I also like bringing audiobooks, which are nice on the airplane because the sound kind of drowns out the engines. Also, there's a pretty nifty app, but I'll talk about that later. Okay. Um. So yeah. I just thought of my tip of the week on the fly and it's completely different from washing your damn clothes. Ooh. Um, so you can still entertain yourself without bringing other stuff with you. Like your phone can do nearly all of that. I mean... It's crazy to think that only like eight years ago, people would bring portable DVD players with them places and like a stack of DVDs. Isn't that crazy? And then you're like, oh, everything has, well, not everything, but a lot of things have a digital copy Mm -hmm. that you can bring with you instead and saves you space. Yeah. My parents were talking about getting the complete NYPD Blue DVD box set. And I just kind of scratched my head. Like, why? Why would you have something that takes up space? Which is a complete flip to where I was like 10 years ago and I was like, I need 30 Rock on DVD every single disc. Or the complete series of Friends. Yes, I did have that as well. But I got those all used. So it was like five bucks for a season. That's not bad at all then. 
No, and I ended up turning them all over to the thrift store anyway. Because we can watch that on Netflix. And I swear to God, Netflix, if you ever take that off. Oh, I think it's going off soon. Don't tell me that. It's fun to watch over and over. (laughs) And you can learn to pack like Joey, just like the chick who was flying to the Canary Islands. And to... It's not travel by map. Travel by map is the Muppets. Travel by map is the Muppets. Get in the map is Joey. Get in the map. Yeah, that's what it was. (laughs) Thanks, Muppets and Joey, which is almost like the same thing. Actually, it's not far from the truth. Yeah. It's just, I no, it's not even slightly more sexual because you know those Muppets. They're a little... You've Maybe seen Miss Piggy. Piggy, yeah. <laughs> there you go. If you need something to watch, highly recommend Muppets or Friends. See, that's all Hours you need. Hours of entertainment. Yeah, that's all you need. So yeah, those are just a few of the many, many things you can do to pack light and pack well. Um, we will probably be putting up a blog post post about this shortly with tips of little things that you can pack that are useful but won't take up tons of space. So helpful multitaskers. And pant packing pictures. That'll be on our Instagram. Try and say that three times fast. Pant packing pictures. Pat pack. Nope. Nope. I only yep, made it through yep. one. <laughs> Exactly. That's why I went slow. But yeah, uh, tip travel tips of the week. You go first. Yes, I just thought of this. So um, my good friend that I went to Italy with, she was telling me about an app called Libby where you can get free audiobooks. It's easy. All you have to do is set up an um, an e-library card with wherever your local library system is. Like you just do it online and then you can borrow audiobooks through the app yeah. and it'll tell you how many days you get them, when you need to return them, how much time's on it and everything. So that's an easy peasy way to listen to books you've been meaning to read. For free. Without, for free. Yeah. It's pretty stinking cool. Yep. And if you have a local library card already, you can also use Overdrive for a similar purpose. Check out all your uh, ebook options yep. and apps. It's cool. Yep. That's the one thing that sucks about being over here is that I want a local library card, but every time I go home, I forget to get it. So for now, I use Audible. I'd really prefer not to pay for it, though. You can probably sign up online. No, you can't. Not for a King County library. You have to go in and show ID. Good thing I don't live in King County. Well, you could have both because you work in King County. I still have an old one from when I lived in King County. I had one. Somewhere. But someone in my family used my library card to check something out and they got a late fee and I didn't know about it. So my card got canceled and I had to pay their fee to get a new one and then it got canceled it's again. like 10 cents a day. Yeah, I don't know how long it was gone, but it was long enough that it was like a three buck fine. They're like, hey, can you just like give us money to get a new copy? <laughs> cool. We're taking this away. Yeah, so I guess that brings me to my tip. And my tip is if you're, when you're packing your clothing, lay everything out on your bed or the floor or table or something, but somewhere where you can see all of what you have and then take out at least four things because chances are you're overthinking it. If you're anything like me, you have put too much out on the table. So take some of it off and put it back away because you're going to end up wearing the stuff that you're most comfortable in. You're going to be wearing things that are weather appropriate so anything that doesn't fit into those categories just sweep it away because anything that you bring that you don't use is dead weight and you don't want dead weight you want to pack exactly what you need and nothing more huzzah (laughs) that's one reaction i suppose no that's it's very true unless you've been doing it for a while and you know literally all you want to wear while on vacation and that's it yep and to go along with this 
I think we'll be posting up on the blog sample packing lists. So if you don't know where to start, if you are completely uncertain what you need, check out our website and there will be a packing list for you to download. And maybe it's what you need. Maybe you need to augment it a little bit, but it's if you don't know what to do, it's a good jumping off space, jumping off point. Or space, I guess that's cool too. I like jumping off space. Yeah, why not? Which is why they won't let me do moonwalks anymore. One and done. <laughs> One and done. Apparently, the, if you try to jump off the surface of the moon once, they don't let you try it again. Nope. And that's why Neil Armstrong never went back to space. Sure. Yes, <laughs> let's go with that. Free, free history lesson that I just made up. This is just a little taste of what it's like to go on a tour guided by Melinda. It's magical. Don't even try and pretend. <laughs> I have kept you entertained on our walks. Many a time many many a time so you're welcome for this um come back next week please what's up singapore we saw you yeah we got a download in and Asia. the netherlands what's up yeah if you are the person downloading all of our episodes in a single day from the netherlands email us we would like to know who you are and how did you find us <laughs> yeah that's freaking awesome also canada we're a little sad there's no love coming from you right now if you are listening to this episode right now and you know someone in canada who might be interested in our podcast send it to them because we want to see we want a pin in canada on our map of listeners we need some canadian love right now yeah well we promise we'll stop making maple syrup and mountie jokes I love Canadians. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Canada brought me the red green show and hockey. So I appreciate you, Canada. Plus, Canada is the source of smuggled American Kinder Eggs. Or two ladies in their 20s trying to smuggle 200 pounds of cocaine. <laughs> if you are the two ladies who were arrested for smuggling 200 pounds of cocaine, maybe don't email us. But if you know them, you can email us. Yeah, I like that. Let's do that. <laughs> Uh, anyways, join us next week where hopefully we have some uh, Canadian love for this show and more travel stuff for you. Yep. So come back next week. Or more stupid quotes. Lots of stupid quotes. We're really good at that. Yes. Yes, we are. But always remember, it's an adventure. I've got nothing. <laughs> oh, okay. I, was, I thought you had something. No. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Hi, everybody. Thank you for listening to another episode of Seattle to Unknown. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a rating on whatever platform you are listening to us on. If you're interested in following us, look us up on Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. We're on all three platforms as at C to Unknown. That's S-E-A-T-O Unknown. Or you can jump right onto our website, www.c2unknown.com. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as at S-A-R underscore S, and Melinda is on both as at Hooligan Monster. If you have any travel stories or tips you want to share with us, please reach out to us at our email, which is c2unknown at gmail.com. Thank you, and we hope to see you back here next week. Bye!